welcome to the Irish Pagan School podcast. Your hosts are authors and co-founders of the Irish Pagan School here in County Waterford, Ireland, Laura O'Brien and John O'Sullivan. Falcha. Hi, hello and welcome to John O'Sullivan from the Irish Pagan School. And I'm here this morning to... Well, to have my coffee uh, and trying to build this habit, like I talked about in the last video, this, this stacking atomic habits. So whenever I'm sitting on a Wednesday to have a coffee, it's time to do a video and a community check-in and a community chat. So that is where we are at the moment. That is the purpose of today. Um, and I suppose if I was to put a theme or a title on this, it would be based on the community queries and questions and stuff that we've had some really good comments on the video so Gaurav Mahaga thank you very much for that um I suppose the theme for today is imagination or visualization um we get contacted time and again about people who say they can't journey or they can't go into meditations or like you know um, any kind of stuff doesn't really work for them um or we also get contacted by people who you know do have experiences they do have uh something happen within their process of journeying following either any other meditation practice or the irish pagan school laura o'brien's journey guided journey method to the irish other world and it can sometimes cause a bit of cognitive dissonance, like this kind of disconnect between what the brain perceives as reality and what is reality and how those things mesh and mix together. And so on occasion, people can get kind of concerned, worried, afraid, um, but then also curious. And we get people contacting us with, you know, is it all in my head? Did I just imagine all of this? Or, you know, I have seen something, I have had an experience, someone appeared, or, you know, I, I had a visualization of something, I don't really understand it. And then after they go and do some more studies, some learning about it, they they realize that, oh gosh, this this individual that I saw during the guided journey actually is this person. I didn't know them before, but now I have learned more, now I do know them, and that then helps them to grow. So it's common. It's quite common, like in this practice, as we explore our own mental landscape um, and our own kind of spiritual landscape as well. Because I'm not just saying that our spirituality sits purely in the seat of the mind. Um, like it is emotional, it is energetic, it is all of it. So that being the case, it is understood that there will be times where we just experience things and we have to then part of the process of growth is to figure out what we're experiencing it, why we're experiencing it and how it remains relevant to us. So um, like recently there was one person who like, you know, left a comment or a query is like, well, how do I explain it to somebody else? How do I get someone else to understand that what I experience in my in my journeys on my guided meditations or whatever is real? It's not just a figment of my imagination. Um, and to answer that particular question, you can't. You you can't. Um, and what that I, I, I might sound Okay, I'm I'm not being rough or judgmental or anything here at all. It is always going to be difficult for someone to change their own personal state or their own perspective if they haven't had similar experiences themselves. Like if I were to turn around and, you know, tell you all about Ireland and the Hill of Tara and, you know, the the stone atop it there, the Leah Fall, like it sounds like a story. 
because that's all you understand it as. But if you ever come to Ireland and walk on the Hill of Tara, suddenly there's a difference there. There's what was something you kind of understood from a story becomes very real to you because you've experienced it. And that is kind of the, the gap we're having or we can come across sometimes where, you know, it, it is very real. It's very kind of impactful to us. But unless someone has similar experiences, similar understandings, a broader perspective themselves, you it's almost like you're speaking di- from a different language, a different kind of standpoint, a different base point, and that can make it hard for other people to understand. And so when to answer to, to go back to that question that you know th- the person may never understand but what really should happen though in a healthy relationship is there should be at least acknowledgement and acceptance that it is real to you and that is where we have to be aware of it you know and aware of ourselves as well just because something is very real to me and my experiences doesn't mean it's going to be real to anyone else doesn't mean i should expect other people to conform to what i have experienced in any way because that also is unhealthy. Just because I have my relationship with the Irish God, the Antagta, and the way I interact with him, my relationship, how we have built that relationship over time, and how we interact with each other, how I perceive him, doesn't mean that everyone else has to perceive him in the same way or connect with him in the same way. And so it's important to acknowledge that like, what I have is is my experiences, but my experience I then taken that extra step. I experienced the Dagda. I didn't know it was the Dagda. I did the reading, the learning, the understanding, and then I knew it was the Dagda and acknowledged it. And other people have since kind of had experiences through my work as well with him and had their own kind of like fleshing out experiences. But I'm always hesitant and a bit reticent to say that like, oh, well, this is Dagda, this isn't Dagda. You know, I, I'm honestly, I have developed a bit of a Dagda bias here every so often. And it's something that I need to be aware of. And I will, I've worked for the guy. My job is to talk about him. My job is to kind of share that perspective with people. Um, but that that's what it is like the it is also then to guide people to the real resources so they can develop their own understanding of it and deepen that connection for themselves should they choose to because he does exist there are information about him that defines him and that is important to acknowledge and to be aware of because i might turn around and say that dagda is a father figure and has big dad energy but that is backed up by the Lord. That is backed up by the information and the stories we have by one of his epithets, which is all I heard, the great or ample father. You know, um, I would turn around and say that like the Dagda is a, a a God of abundance, you know, a God of like the landscape and all the rest of it. Um, but that is backed up by the Lord. Like if I was to turn around and say that the Morgan is the sex goddess because she had sex that one time with the Dagda or the Dagda is a sex god because he had sex that two times with the Dagda and with Boan in the stories, that's, that doesn't define that it doesn't, it's not backed up in the same way, you know? So that's where the personalized experience and personalized gnosis, and that's what we refer to as like UPG, unique personal gnosis. Uh, is that experiential side of spirituality but it's important to kind of reconnect that back to the lore to the information to bridge that and so that's kind of the answer to the main theme here which is is it imagination or visualization um i was always a very imaginative kid always absolutely a very imaginative kid which is why i had to be careful about what kind of books i read because i ended up with night terrors by reading horror books when i was way too young because i have very good imagination over time, though, 
as I grew, I, I learned to use my imagination in a different way. And I didn't have the language for it at the time, but I didn't, I know now that I was actually using my imagination to manifest. Um, the, like, I always talk about my experiences here because that's the, the tale that I have to tell that may be relevant to other people. I'm not going to talk about other people's stories because it's not in my lane. But there was a time in my life where I was very, I am still very empathetic. Like, you know, I can and I do pick up on other people's energies, other people's moods, other people's emotional state. And that can impact on me very significantly if I'm not aware of it. So there's a time in my life where I was very vulnerable myself because of my own stuff. And that meant I was very prone to a significant impact from other people's energy and emotional state because an empathetic person. And so I started practicing an imagination in the morning, in my morning showers, when I would wash myself down, I would then, after my shower, as I dried myself off with a towel, I would imagine putting on a suit of armor. And I'm not just talking, oh yeah, yeah I'm now wearing armor. I'm talking the meticulous piece by piece, putting on the lena, putting on the padded tunic, putting on the chainmail hauberk, putting on the pauldrons, putting on the breastplate, uh, and then finishing by putting on the helmet. And so it was a full suit of heavy plate armor that I was imagining around myself to protect me from harm, to protect me from, you know, energetic impacts, emotional stuff. That's that's not mine. And I built this habit, this this essentially imagination, which is a visualization to manifest my energy in that way. At the time, I was like, I'm just imagining it. Um, and, you know, it makes me feel good. But then there was the days when I didn't do it and I felt terrible <laughs> or some time would go past. and I realized, why am I so down on the dumps? Why have I no energy? Why am I absolutely buckled? Oh, wait, I have not taken care of my armor. I have not taken care. And that was my habit, the way I referred to myself and my care, my self-care in that way. I hadn't taken care of my armor. I hadn't either been visualizing the armor on or actually cleaning the armor whenever I took it off and then putting it back on again. So that was part of a habit for me. And, you know, it was a function of my mind. It was a function of my mind directed by my energy. And so for, for some people, it's like, oh, yeah, he had an imaginary armor. Okay. But for those of us who, you know, follow a pagan path, whatever pagan spirituality that is, one of the cornerstones of pagan spirituality is the belief in energetic workings or magic. And to take the Alistair Crowley definition of magic, it is our will. Hold on. Let, I, I had it on my tip of my tongue, but now it's gone away. Um. It is the ability to direct change in accordance with our will and our our will and our intent. So really what it comes down to is changing and altering our world, ourself or whatever, the energies around us in line with our will, in line with our intent. And so my intent was to defend and protect myself. And whenever I set my intent right, I coalesced my energy around me and I was protected. I was able to handle things. I was able to handle things I really shouldn't have been capable of handling because of my own damage and my own break at that particular time. But I still was able to do it. So that's kind of what we're talking about here when we're, we're saying about imagination and manifestation. So it might just be a function of imagination. But what really has happened here is I have seen the experiences of it from myself when I've done it 
And when I haven't, when I've not done it, the impact, both positive and negative from doing that. And so regardless of whatever else, anyone else's opinion might be, I'm still going to do it. I'm not going to let, you know, try and spend energy convincing other people things are real to me. If we're not speaking the same language, if we're not coming from the same experiential baseline, which is why things like Irish pagan community or even pagan communities, wherever we can find them, are pretty important. Because we're then finding like-minded individuals who have similar experiences or similar kind of baselines or expectations, or not even expectations, perspectives on how things go in our world and our existence. And that really can help validate and also support our own processes as we're going through it. So is it imagination or is it manifestation? Really, it comes down to you. It comes down to your intent, to your will. You define it that way. I refer to myself as a bard um, because I tell the stories of ancient Ireland. I tell the stories of my god and the two of the Danon and the other Irish heroes and anti-heroes and all the rest down through the time. But another function of the bard is to define reality by recitation. I taught a class on it in the Irish Pagan School called Being a Bard, where we break down like the position of the bard in society, like, you know, the, the anatomy of a bard. There was a fascinating thing about that that I discovered in there. Um, but a big part of it is this magical ability to make things real by saying that they are real. And that's where the power of satire comes in. Because a bard, if a bard performed a legal satire against someone in society, that is that is that is stuck. That is that is that is a given. A king can be toppled because a bard performed a satire against him. In fact, King Bresh of the Tuatha Danann was toppled because of his poor hospitality to a bard. That was the final coffin nail. Capra the bard came to visit him. He was given shit hospitality. He was put in a side room, barely given food, not even a warm blanket. And he followed the protocol of his culture, which was to warn the king, I'm going to satire if you don't make right by this. And Bresh was like, yeah, whatever. And he didn't make right by Capra. And so Capra made a satire. He performed a poetic recitation to tell people that there is no hospitality in the Hall of Bress. And that was it. That was the final thing. Like, you know, for all of the injustices that Bress had performed, for all of the, the wrong judgments he had given, that was the last straw. Because a king in Ireland, the leader of the tribes, the leader of the people, you know, is beholden to the rule of hospitality. And when that was proved by the legal satire by a bird, that was it, game over. Um, which suddenly leads to Bress needing to flee Ireland back to his Fomorian ancestors and raise a war host to commence the invasion of the Second Battle of Moitora. So bards define things by their words. Bards make it real because they say it's real. And they say it's real because they believe it's real. <laughs> Now, this is a power that can be used both good and bad. I talked about another guy, um, Ahern, uh, in the in the bard class, and he was an absolute fuck. He knew he had the power to do it, and he he did everything and anything to play serve his own needs and his own wants, um, by threatening the recitation that power. So, to honor that, and to acknowledge that as part of a practice. You know, part of our own spirituality, those of us who, who follow a pagan path, one of the cornerstones, as I said, is this belief in magic, is this belief in the energy of the universe all around us and our ability to interact with it and be part of it. 
And so if you have experiences on guided journeys, if you have experiences on like, you know, your meditations, your practice, your spiritual growth and your engagements and like they are real to you, then they are real to you. And that at the end of the day is all that matters. If someone else doesn't believe it, then ask yourself the question, why do you need them to believe it? Is your belief in it for your own self not enough? And if the answer to that is maybe it isn't enough, then maybe you do need to find pagan community, like-minded individuals like our Irish pagan school community group on Facebook or our second Saturday sessions that we host in, in Zoom from our mailing list. There are ways to kind of connect with other people, other like-minded individuals. Um, and also there is a value from someone having an alternate perspective to you. Yeah, as long as it's done with respectfully, to be honest, if if they have a different perspective, then that challenges your beliefs and that's healthy. No belief structure should go unchallenged. <laughs> you know, there should be a healthy kind of dialogue and awareness, even for ourselves. I, I say I believe in the Dagda I work for and with the Dagda. I believe that. But every so often I check myself. I reassess myself. And I have to kind of go back down to those processes and say, okay, well, you know, am I just making it all up? What I find when I do that is my community has similar experiences. People have written books before my existence, which have similar experiences. People have described them. Our ancient people described him in so many ways that might dictate my experience or that inform my experiences or support my experiences. But at the end of the day, I can take all of that information on board. And what it comes right the way down to is my relationship with him makes me a better person. Makes me a safer person. I mentioned earlier my visualization of heavy plate armor. I don't do that anymore. I don't have to do that anymore. Because I have a good God who has my back. I don't need to rely on my own energy. I don't need to rely on coalescing my will around myself to defend myself every time I leave my safe space of home. I don't have to do that anymore. I believe in my good God. I believe in the Dagda and feeling his hands on my shoulders. I know I'm safe. I'm covered. I'm protected. So I can take the energy I would normally use defending myself and direct it elsewhere. I can direct it into coffee chats and educations, into classes in the Irish Pagan School, blog posts, videos, my home, my family, my friends. I don't have to be defensive against those things anymore because I believe that my God has my back. So whether anyone disagrees with me or not, whether anyone, you know, disapproves of me or not, okay, that's their opinion. They're entitled to it. <laughs> My dad always said, you know, you know what? The thing about opinions is they're like assholes. Everyone has one. And some of them are more full of shit than others. <laughs> Excuse my bad words, but like, honestly, that 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 is the epitome of it. And so, yeah, I will be aware of other people's opinions, but what it really comes down to at the end of the day is me and mine and how I define myself against the world around me and how I, well, in line with the energy of the universe, not in opposition of, against his opposition of. And again, importance of words, <laughs> how I align myself and my energy with the energies of the universe and how I choose to use them and go forward. And I can do that more because my God has my back.
And I know that because I believe that and I have experienced that. I don't need you to know that. It won't change him and me and my relationship together if you don't believe me. And that is okay too. Because you got to do you. You're going to find your growth, your spiritual path. And what I would always just say to that, though, is don't close down. Be open. Be willing to be wrong. Be willing to explore perspectives. Be, link, be willing to explore new information. Because that's the only way we grow. That's the way we grow intellectually as beings. We learn our words. We learn our numbers. We learn our shapes, our colors, or whatever. And suddenly we are able to define, like, the wall behind us, because I have a word that means wall. If I didn't have a word that meant wall, how would I know there's a wall there? How would I be able to express that there's a wall there? If I didn't have a word that defined hat, how would I be able to say that there is a on my head that keep like, you know. So the same thing applies from spiritual growth. We will have experiences. There will be things that we don't fully understand. But the more we're willing to be open and engage and kind of keep up the practice. And this this is that part, folks, you know, you got to do the work. A lot of people query is like, well, how do I get to these experiences or how do I kind of it's like, just got to do the work. You got to keep turning up for yourself and your relationship, your spiritual growth. In the same way, if you wanted to change your body shape. For whatever reason you want to do it doesn't have to be health and fitness doesn't have to be beat season doesn't have to be anyone else's expectations or whatever the only way to do it is to keep turning up for yourself every day be that like a fitness thing a, a food change or anything like that at all you know the only way you're going to learn a new language or learn a new thing is by turning up for yourself on a regular basis to engage with that information and practice it same applies for our spirituality you got to turn up for yourself and that's that's how you get there eventually. So this has been the coffee chat. Thank you very much for being with me. Thank you for joining me. Um, I will take my coffee and sip one more time. Because I talked quite a bit there and I am very grateful to you and our community. And I wish you all of the very much best. Look after yourself. Take care. And until next time, Slon. Bye. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a positive review in your podcast listener. Then head over to irishpaganschool.com and enroll in one of our free or paid courses. Slongafall and we will see you next time.